listening to the Blue Time Podcast, all about doing content differently. Today on the show, I'm chatting to illustrator and visual storyteller Amy Nolan, all about what makes scroll-stopping posts. That was a mouthful. It's a longer episode than normal because it's an interview episode. It's not grueling, but it is so full of helpful advice about how you can up your image game in your content. Um, but quickly, before we get into the interview, I want to let you know that I have some I've called them actually useful podcast notes and um, they come out with the podcast each week and basically it's a pdf with a quick activity that relates to the podcast episode which helps you think differently about how you do your content you can sign up to get the actually useful podcast notes on my website if you're listening on um stitcher or apple Podcasts, or spotify or wherever it is www.com indieessentials.co.uk forward slash podcast or there's a link in the show notes um, and that will get you this week's notes where you can put some of Amy's great advice that she's about to give you into practice and get creating amazing images for your content but if you want to get the notes sent to you each week sign up to the newsletter I send them out completely for free in the newsletter the link is in the show notes no matter where you're listening to this episode but in the meantime, I'm Piona, I'm your host, and I'll let you get listening to this great conversation. I'm so super excited about this, because as far as I'm concerned, you put out some of the best content on social media. Oh, wow. Thank you. Because I, I will be on LinkedIn, and I'll, like, I'll scroll, and it's boring, and then I'll get to your post with your cartoons. <laughs> I'm just like, that has made my day. So... <laughs> and there's not many other people doing it so it stands out and it's just to so tell me how you got into doodling <laughs> so no, go for it how you got into doodling and doing amazing social posts so I, so I started really on Instagram as so I was work, so I'd just become self-employed and I was doing another creative business thing which was like children's colouring in product, products but I was, I was kind of doodling things that were quite funny and I'd put them on a few Facebook posts and people had said, oh, that's quite funny. I really like that. And I just started doing these little doodles and putting them on Instagram as a kind of, um, just like to amuse myself. I thought other people might like it. And it was just nice doing something without any pressure, really. Um, and then when I was doing that, I've, I learned about um, that potentially, you know, you can do these things where you do, you know, business illustration, you can do graphic recording, you can do all kinds of amazing things if you can draw um, that I'd never even heard of before. But like originally I got into it as a kind of creative release valve um, as something amusing that was just entertaining it kind of I never felt very comfortable on social media so I found social media really difficult um Mm. so doodling was a really great way for me to sort of start talking about stuff I was doing 
in a way that I felt comfortable because me and flat lays just never, it was just never going to happen. <laughs> I'm so bad at taking photos. I'm really bad at taking pictures of myself or making stuff look beautiful. Like I just haven't got that knack at all. Um, and you know, when you're kind of balanced one leg on a chair, hovering over something on your table and trying to get this perfect picture and it still looks really ropey. It was just, it was becoming like, and, and I think at the time, like Instagram was all about beautiful photos and well, that's what it felt like to me. And I was just like, I just, that's not, I can't do it. Like, so how am I going to talk to people? So I was like, oh, the doodles are quite good fun. I enjoy doing them. It's a bit of a creative release side stuff for me. And, you know, let's see what happens there. And then like, like all of these things, isn't it? You fall down a bit of a hole and you start exploring and you go, oh, that's interesting. Um, and then that has then led on to me doing training in graphic recording training in you know graphic translation and trying to learn more about how to use um you know images to communicate um and you know for more reasons than just like having a laugh that's but, so you know. that's so amazing because genuinely aside from poking around everything you've got online I did not know that you did the the graphic recording and translation um, can you talk a bit more about that? Well, it's quite new. So I've so I've just sort of finished sort of the courses in how to do it. So I've been learning how to do it. I've been, you know, practicing and then I'll be having it as a new service for the A Inc. in the autumn. Fantastic. Um, so yeah you won't have found much because I've not really um put anything out there yet but I've been doing all the, in the background I've been doing all the learning and um I've got a new course coming up over the summer which is in visual storytelling which I'm hoping will be really great for brands and things like that um, absolutely there is such a need for that as well I see people all the time asking does anyone know anyone who can do this so yeah, why, and it's, why have you it's not written the first page yet? Why have you not written it while you were training it? <laughs> because, like, I'd like to feel, um, like, I know they always say, like, do stuff before you're ready and all of that. So I get that. I know that sometimes, like, sometimes you have to do before, you, before you're totally comfortable. Um, and I do a lot of stuff before I'm totally comfortable. Um, but for me, I kind of wanted to, finish the course I've got a few more extra bits I want to do um, and then I'll I'll put it out there for people I want to do a few practices so I'm going to do a, go to a few events and buy a ticket and have a go at you know recording graphic recording their event online that sort of stuff um, so yeah I I just want to feel like as confident as I can be that um, I'm good to go Fantastic. Didn't you do that the other year as well? You um was it uh was it Janet Murray's event you did some graphic recording at? Well, so what I did was I went there as a delegate and it was like a way of practicing. So I was kind of you know when people do their social media posts um about when they go to an event. Mm. They kind of go to an event and then they do like a blog, don't they? Or they like take some pictures and talk about how they're using it in their business. Um, I did mine in a visual format 
and it was like a good way to sort of practice what you know practice what it's all about and so I was like well this is my bit of content I've created as a result of going um and uh you know it just is a good way to demonstrate that it stops people scrolling you know and and also um just from a I mean I don't know about you I think like from what I've seen of your stuff on, online as well and what I know you're involved with you're really creative um and I think writers are very much like this sometimes like like you there's always more you can do to make something better isn't there absolutely <laughs> right like it's like when do you stop refining um and I just when I if you if you look at my work on LinkedIn now or at the top of my Instagram page and then you look at it last year you'll see that there's been a real progression in in skill I think um and so you know when you're like I just want it to be as good as it can be um and then I'll launch that service. But also I know that um, the lady I do training with would say, you just got to do it now. You're, you're all right. You can do it. Just go and do it. But yeah, autumn, my accountability, my accountability date, Fiona, is going to be end of September. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to message You've got you to hold me to it. <laughs> okay, where's that service that you promised? You're going to have like a team of us all going, where is it? Where is this now? <laughs> but yeah so yeah I have been dabbling in it for a while because I've been learning and I've been trying to get really as good as I can get but yeah yeah, you do sometimes have to do stuff a little bit before you're totally I mean and then who who is ever totally 100% comfortable really no one no if you waited for that you'd never do anything would you oh no I'd never have done any anything just just do it slightly breathless. And <laughs> what, what I have noticed, because when you said before about if you see the start of your Instagram and what you're doodling now, the, the thing that I see come out more is more of you and your personality and you are so funny. <laughs> Actually make me sit and laugh. And I love... And, it's like how how much are you like thinking about the comedy that comes out in it, or is it just a happy coincidence? Do, do you know what it is? It's so it's taken me ages to just write stuff in, in my own voice and not edit it constantly to how I think it should be. Like I have a comical take on things as a person. And I do find like things just make me laugh and I find things funny. And I think initially when I was making content, I was like, oh, I better hold that back because no one else is going to find that funny. They'll just think I'm a bit strange um, or like, oh, no, I better not put that. Do you know what I mean? So like kind of constantly trying to edit yourself um, in a way that you think will make what you're putting online, you know, better, you know, this is what customers want to see. And then actually I've learned over the last, probably like really the last 12 months, I just, it's gone into place in my mind, which is just 
try and be true to yourself in what you're putting out there. And if people, yeah, if people don't like it, that's fine. You know, you meet people in real life and they don't like you, it's going to be okay, you know. And, but the people who do like it will connect with it. So, and if art is about connection and about communication, and that's what I, you know, that's what I want to do, that's what I think is important, then you need to kind of, I sort of had to get over myself a bit, Fiona. <laughs> I just had to get out of my own way and just go, just do what you, just do what you want to do, you know, Absolutely. and put it out there. <laughs> and it's got better as a result of that. That's right. I know I've never, I can't draw at all. So I, I don't That's think any of them, are, I don't think any of them are, are better than others, but I think like the sense, the, the sense of you comes out more in them. I love the one you did last oh, week thank about you. The, the really long sales pages. <laughs> it's, <making me> laugh. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Everyone sleeps for a hundred years when they've got. By the time they've got down to a really long sales page, it's so. But yeah, thank true. you for saying that. It's nice to hear that feedback. But also, I'm just going to pick you up on something there where you said you can't draw, <laughs> which is kind of like red rag to me when people say that. So I'm, I'm going to have to like prove you wrong oh you can, that. No, no that was that was me going oh I can't draw um I actually did start a level art and then quick so I found there it you go. <laughs> everyone can draw everyone um, that's all we do when we're children that, no that's true that's true um, and I think what what surprises me is that your drawings they look so simple but they're not like if you ever tried to draw like a doodle of yourself and you get that looks nothing like me. But yours actually look like you. And thank you very much. You've got like that sense of movement in there. So it's not something that someone can just pick up and draw stick men and think they can recreate what you do. It, it, there is more. Yeah. So it, 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 there is more to it than it looks. Yeah, I'd agree with you. It's yeah. amazing what you can say. It's amazing what you can say in a very tiny amount of lines. And and it's amazing what you can get wrong with with a small line. Like it can change how something looks. It it, it, it never fails to like this is my geeky side now, but a simple like when you're drawing something really simply, it's like you have to leave so much out. And it's like learning what to leave out is the bit that's hard yeah because you have to kind of embrace like the minimal amount of lines on a page and lots of white space and feel happy that those lines stand for themselves and they're saying what you want them to say um and it's that was that was a definite stage for me where I kind of was like oh god that feels really hard. Like, but when you know what to leave out, it just is so much more effective. Um, but I do agonise over some bits. They take ages sometimes. But I think that that's part of the process of anything. It's like that editing process. If, if it's in, mm. in writing, we, you can say loads of things. It doesn't mean that they add value to it. So yeah. If it doesn't add value to the end product that you create, I don't want to call it a product. It's 
not a product, is it? It's a piece of work. It's art that you're creating at the end. Then it doesn't need to be there. But that's that that takes like you have to sort of like be brave when you're taking stuff out, don't you? Yes. Because there's nowhere to hide. It's like with MasterChef, isn't it? Not saying that I'm a MasterChef, by the way, before anyone writes in and says, cool, you're up yourself, aren't you? I'm not saying I'm a a MasterChef, but you know when they have the competitors who do just a really simple classic beer? Yeah. And the judges say, well, you kept it very simple today, but if every element is bang on, then that's going to be amazing but there's nowhere to hide if you mess it up (laughs) because there's just like three elements you know there's a seaweed foam and a and a pork smear and a asparagus end and if you mess those up then you've ruined it you know but it's that's a very good analogy because it's the simple things because we're so used to seeing them they're the hardest but I, I want to make the point that I think your stuff stands out because we're not used to seeing it. What we're used to seeing is boring posts from people all using the same stock images. So what's your take on how important it is for businesses to be buying these images and, you know, creating stuff that's theirs? I think, so this is my take on it. Obviously, you know, I'm going to be a bit biased because I I create illustrations and I'm paid to do it but um it also feeds into a project that I'm working on so I'm kind of glad you mentioned it and I think that you know there is a place for stock imagery definitely um but if you can the great thing about um illustration or having a go yourself and creating some visuals yourself with your own pen even if that's you know writing a pie chart on a notebook or um you know writing something on a post-it note and taking a picture of it or doing like a little really simple kind of stick person to explain something for your customer or whatever that that stuff brings so much personality to your business communication i think um and so you know yes if you can't afford to hire an illustrator to create you some stuff like have a go at doing some yourself even if it's really basic because i guarantee people will stop and have a look at it because there's something about hand-drawn handwritten lines that as humans we can't help but engage with um and I feel that really strongly. Um, and I think on in the online space, we're constantly trying to get our personality across, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Constantly trying to say what makes us different as a business. And the other thing is great words. If you've got some great, simple images that go with them, you're, you're opening up your ideas and your business purpose to so many more people. You're making yourself more accessible. You're, you know, connecting with people on a, in a slightly different way. Um, and I think, I just think it is really important to try. Like I said, even if you, you know, even if you can't get someone to do something for you, just have a go at putting your own pen to paper. You know, they, like, I don't know if you've ever, you know, like in old shops where you can buy postcards and like the handwritten 
stuff on the back there is yeah. something that we that 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 we engage with when we see stuff that's created by hand and anybody can do it in that very simple way I think like um and I just think it brings more humanity to your to your message and more more sort of um because actually imperfection attracts us as humans we actually lots of straight lines you know when all you're seeing is straight lines the minute you see something a bit wonky you're like oh what's that you know what's what is that oh yeah that's interesting so uh, that's what I think and I mean I'm on a bit of a mission to um create doodle stock imagery that people can then you know download and use for their business so that's going to be something you'll see from me quite soon um so uh yeah you heard it here first that is fantastic because I because I, th- I think you just just helps add personality and the other thing is like I don't know you know about you but you know no one wants to turn up in the same dress as someone else do they to the party <laughs> sometimes we've all got the same dress on and that's fine but sometimes you occasionally want to like rock up in something a bit different to everyone else don't you and I think that you know hand-drawn stuff can do that and you know if you're listening and you're thinking I'd like to have a go like have a go at doing it doesn't have to be um overthought you know there's a somebody who does it quite well I think um you know the do lectures uh David Hyatt he does his newsletters he's started putting in quite wonky um doodles that he's just quickly done on his ipad that are very you know they're just really basic but they're really eye-catching i think this is the thing people think that you need to be perfect and polished and we're worried that it looks a bit like your kids done it but yeah i don't see anything wrong with that and i think you've got a really valid point about um that we're not used to we're, we're so attached to our screens and this is so new compared to the dawn of time we've not had screens and everything's been drawn by hand and written by hands to in what the past 30 years we've become mm. attached to our screens. so you can't remove in 30 years those multi-generations of recognizing the, what the shapes and marks a human hand makes so. yeah it's just I think I mean I'm I'm bet you there's some science somewhere about it I bet you there's something somewhere but I just I just know that it, that it it sort of triggers something and I think if we're trying to get people to stop scrolling it's a really good tactic it's absolutely you know? a good tactic because it's so noisy out there and if you want to do something different this is the different thing to do Before yeah you... go ahead no no you no you i was gonna say before everyone climbs on and gets all your stock doodle imagery and then they're all do- but but being there and being there at the start like doing this and finding new ways to bring in your personality through your artwork is it's hugely important I think so. And it, but the, the other thing as well is like everyone's handwriting is different. So the way everybody draws something is a bit different. Like, so it's that thing, isn't it? I'm always surprised I don't see more 
doodly type things on LinkedIn because I think there must I there's about three that I see regularly and I just think I'm amazed there's not more people kind of trying to utilize it but you know that's it's just interesting but it's definitely worth playing with I think I think I think the reason that is is because it's easier to go and search on unsplash or pexels for the picture than it is to sit and think what it is you want to draw or ask someone to draw it for you. That's true. That's given me some good ideas for blog content there, Fiona. Thank you. Oh, excellent. This is my job. This is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like, like yeah, I mean, it, and we're time poor, aren't we? And I suppose, again, it's very easy for me to sit here and say, yeah, just knock up something in the notebook. Like, because I've, drawn every day probably for years like it's just part of who I am it's like um it's just what I do um even when I was you know even when I did it and no one was looking at it you know I just did it anyway so it is part of my every day um so I I know that for some people they're like yeah well that's easy for you to say knock something up you've been doing it for ages but um even if you just start doing it as a way to think about your business, you know, like it, and just draw it out or your vision for, you know, just play with it. It's, it's a great tool to have. It's a good thinking tool, even if you don't ever share it with anybody, you know, it's, it's a good thing. I bet most people without thinking about it, sit in a boring zoom meeting and doodle away on a piece of paper you yes. don't realize <laughs> yes exactly and actually it's so relaxing you know it's just doodling got me through lockdown last year definitely it really helped me with the kind of processing this kind of big stress that we're all connected to you know the you anxiety of that you shared some excellent lockdown doodles on LinkedIn and but I was noticing around to it, you've given them a name of Calabradoodle, which I love. Oh yeah, Calabradoodling is my <laughs> favourite thing. It's, uh, but yeah, so it's like, um, it's, it's just a great, I mean, obviously I'm going to rave about it online, but I do love it. Oh, you should rave about it. Because this is you're not just putting your doodles out there you're asking people to get involved and to be part of it like you've done one about uh, I think it was a map of COVID-19 recovery and you've done oh, yeah. the mountain of blue roll and I think I'd put in the bog of doom of homeschooling or something <laughs> yeah exactly but it's more fun like when you can so I did before lockdown I I went and did like a live graphic recording job as a student um and what's brilliant about those is you're drawing and people are around you and they're saying oh have you got the thing about this that was thinking oh yeah I'll just draw that in for you um and it's just really magical like people it's more when you're kind of inviting people to kind of share their comment and and then you can draw it in on the picture it's just more fun I love it it's just 
proper connection then and then people see their comment made into a doodle and they're like oh my god I said that and you're like yes see you're, you're in you're on there it's got to be more engaging than someone with a pen and a flip chart writing the words down that I I have never sat in a meeting with a pen and a flip chart where that flip chart paper has been any use at the end of it <laughs> Well, this is the, so again. This is um, the so I I do a lot of my training. I've done all of my training so far with the Graphic Change Academy, and they teach people how to do visual agendas and visual like facilitate visual meetings and stuff like that. You know, just because it's just a different way of doing it. And I think paper should be drawn on. Should be drawn on. Oh, Big paper, especially, should be drawn on. That's what it's for. That's completely what it's for. You have just remember that kids kids sit there and they have to draw, and when they haven't got paper, they draw on themselves. Exactly. We're built to do it. People, you know, just cave people were compelled to to make images of their life. You know, we've been we've been doodling on stuff for thousands and thousands of years. You know, it's just, it's human nature. It is, which kind of brings me neatly to, can you take me through your process? Because there's lots of, um, like, stylus and technical tablet style, you can tell I don't do this, tablet style things that you can draw, or you can just draw pen and paper and then digitise it. What's your process? I'll tell you a few because again, you'll see if you go on my Instagram and go down the bottom, you'll see. So what I used to do was I used to get like, um, you know, a fine line art pen, like a Pigma Micron or something like that. And I would draw my doodle on a notepad and then I'd use a scan app. Um, I can't remember what's scannable. And I'd blip the, the doodle into the scannable app save it to my photos, crop it, and then put it on, put it online. Then a couple of years later, and it's just so crazy to me how I came across this because I'm like, I can't believe I'd not even thought about doing it this way. Someone said to me, have you got an iPad? Have you thought of like drawing on an iPad? And I was like, oh, now I don't want to do that. Like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. So, like, I was really resistant to it. And then someone else said to me again, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll give it a go. And they were, like, banging on about this app, Procreate. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, let's have a play. So I got Procreate, which was, like, 10 quid, downloaded that on my my not fancy iPad. It's quite old. Um, And then I bought, like, a really cheap digital pencil off of Amazon because I thought I'm not buying that, you know, 90 quid apple job until i know that i can use this and that i like it yeah um and then i started playing with it and was like oh that's good isn't it <laughs> like totally upped everything um and so after doing it for a few weeks with this like cheapy stylus i just bought the apple one because it's really good and then procreate is amazing um so how my process works generally is I just draw on my Procreate app and then I just upload it to my photo roll and put it online. 
That's fantastic. But it's, it takes out a lot of steps. And also because I, I was my, in my head for a long time has been this idea of building a digital doodle library hub type thing. Mm. Um, so actually you only want to draw it once and it'd be digital straight away really um, but I should also say that I do have a, like an analog style pen and paper visual diary so I do draw with pen and paper um, because I just like it and sometimes you get a slightly different feel or look to something when you draw on paper so I do that as well just to keep things a bit fresh interesting so I, I'm, I'm genuinely curious about this because um I journal every day for no other reason than I feel like it's it just slows me down a little bit at the start of the day so my head can be clear mm. do you find you draw slower with pen and paper in your visual journal than you do on your iPad that's an interesting question I draw quite quickly on both mm. but um, when I'm drawing with pen and paper, what you get is more true and more fresh because I'm not refining it as I go because it's just one take with a pen, isn't it? Yeah. So when I do stuff with a pen and I'm drawing and, you know, enjoying it and I'm just sitting there absorbed in it, um, that, it that often has a very different feel to when I do stuff on an iPad because the both the good thing and the shit thing about the digital way of drawing is that you can just like tweak it up straight away and you can refine it as you go which is great if you're doing something for a client but when you're trying to like just make a bit of work that is just kind of you know it is what it is you get a much more honest thing, I think, when you do with pen and paper. Yeah. Yeah, because I draw fairly quickly, generally, unless I'm doing it as a very relaxed, unless I'm doing it on purpose to unwind, which is then I really slow down and just, I kind of start without knowing what it is. Yeah. I just sort of start making lines and then see if I can turn it into something. That's Sometimes that thing is good sometimes it's rubbish <laughs> but it's yours and no one can see and you get to decide whether or not it's good or rubbish this well this is the thing and I think sometimes I always say to people as well like you don't have to share it like it can just be for you and especially if you're new to kind of if you're wanting to do something to get your creative juices going and you think, oh, maybe I'll have a go at drawing. Like, don't feel pressure to share it straight away. Like, just enjoy the process. And, you know, you you will make, you'll draw stuff that doesn't look right to you. And you'll draw stuff that you're really proud of. But just kind of in, enjoy doing it is my advice. And then share it if you want to. But there's no pressure to share it. Because you'll get the benefits of having done that bit of creativity anyway it will come out in other ways I that's, think that's so true absolutely true right I'm going to do a little sidestep here because um, I am genuinely curious if anyone's ever stolen your work before not that I know of <laughs> you know 
Because <laughs> I know it I've is. had a couple of I've had a couple of things where like people have shared it and not credited me. But it was quite a while ago now, and I remember seeing it and thinking, oh, they could have said where they'd got that from. That's one of mine. And I think I probably just left a comment and said, hey, thanks for sharing, something like that, because I wasn't really sure. And also, like, quite a lot of the stuff is quite low resolution. Mm. So I don't know. They might have stolen it. I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. It's just because I know it's like it happens so often to people and you hear about it all the time. And it makes me really cross, like, why someone would do that. But generally, people do it out of ignorance rather than trying to make a quick few quid. Yeah, I think I'm always, you know, if, you, if people want to share stuff online, that's fine. And just say who made it. But like it is, I think some, you know, there is quite a lot of that that goes on. But as far as I know, no one's set up a shop with <laughs> my stuff all over the T-shirts. And if anyone finds that shop, please do let me know. Um, <laughs> that's good um, and you wrote a, you've written a book as well <laughs> yes so the trials and tribulations of trevor the ferret yeah that was like a passion project i did a couple of years ago um and i just loved doing it and it's, it's quite short um but it's about a ferret who's very sort of um he works at an animal park. He's got big ambitions, but he's just not getting anywhere. Um, and he has a big, you know, has a big tantrum one day and runs off into the woods and uh, almost gets eaten by an owl and rescued by a mouse. And then eventually, Aww. you know, gets back to where he should be. But it's there's some quite funny bits in it. There's an alligator called Barry <laughs> and a llama middle manager called Mrs Pink I think it's quite funny <laughs> but I started writing it when I worked in when I worked in an office and I used to do it on the bus on the way to work in my phone notes and I just I just wanted to put it out into the world you know and just go here it is so it's on Amazon I've got I've got copies my shop shut at the moment but it's on Amazon it's like one ninety nine or something on Amazon um, but there's pictures in it. There's not. There's not enough pictures in it. But there are some pictures in it. So if you wrote wrote it while you worked in an office, are any of the characters based on people you might have possibly worked with? Um, there's pro- there's probably like there's probably like a mashup of all of it. I think that I'm loosely based on Trevor. Mm. Or Trevor's loosely based on me, which is that loads of enthusiasm and then just gets really stuck sometimes and doesn't really know what to do next. But that's kind of how I felt like that for quite a lot of time. And then I am slowly a little less like that. But I just was like, you know, it's hard when you're trying to achieve something and you don't know how to go about getting there. And I just thought it would make a cute story. Um, and it's yeah and also it's an example of sometimes you should just make stuff and put it out in the world I mean it's never going to be in the Waterstones top 10 but sometimes you should just make stuff and put it out there um, I think 
Absolutely. I think that you're completely right. I think more people should, should just make stuff and put it out there. Just do it for yourself. Yeah. It's a it's a pleasure, I think. I think stuff like that's a real joy to do, you know. Well, and, you can um, hear it in your voice when you talk about it, that it's an absolute, you know, it's a passion. Mm. And I spent so many years not doing it. I think that's the thing. I spent so many years not doing it because I was so, like, hung up on stuff like I hadn't been to art college and I hadn't done this and I hadn't done that. Um, and, you know... I was so, it held me back for such a long time that when I started, I was just like, you should just make and create as much as you can and put it out there and see what happens. That is solid advice right there. (laughs) Just, I don't want to say just do it, but you know, just do it. (laughs) Right, I've got one last Other other trainers are available. (laughs) all they need to do is just listen to this episode and uh, yeah that's it create it put it out there just do it <laughs> um, I've got one last quick question just because you, you you're so solid on Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter and I was like normally when you look at them you, you can see what is someone's favorite platform but you seem to be on all three quite equally so I was wondering what is your favorite platform to be on Oh, so it used to be Instagram. Mm-hmm. And now I just am really enjoying LinkedIn. Really enjoying LinkedIn a lot. So I used to hate LinkedIn and love Instagram. And now I kind of like, I'd go out with both of them for lunch <laughs> and maybe get a bottle of wine with both of them equally. Um, and I'm I'm tentatively like dipping my toe into Twitter again, like just finding out and seeing what works and things. And I think I know they say, "Oh, you've got to make different content for everywhere," but I I don't do that because I haven't got time to do that. So I I kind of make I make content. And then I sometimes reframe it differently or I use it for something different. So I kind of try and read my stuff as much as I can so that I don't, um, I'm not spending all my time just making images for social media. Um, But yeah, no, LinkedIn and Instagram, they could both go out for lunch with me. (laughs) I don't know anyone who creates different content for each of the different platforms and that's I can't imagine the return on the investment of your time ever being enough exactly. to warrant it exactly and I, I think the other thing is I I so during lockdown I created lots and lots and lots and lots right and then I sort of like like burnt myself out a little bit in terms of creativity because I was making so much. And then I figured out that actually just a couple of really good quality posts that you can use on a few different, in a few different ways that can then come back maybe in six months if you've got some more new people in your network that you want to share some stuff with is fine. And it took a lot of the stress out of it for me when I just went, just make two to three really good things a week. That's fine. 
And also, I don't think there's anything wrong with people seeing the same post crop up again, because the worst that happens is they go, oh, yeah, I saw this last time. It was funny then. It's funny now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, like, there's stuff, like, I see, you know, repeat stuff, and I always think, oh, yeah, that's good. And sometimes it reminds me of something, or it reminds me to go to their website and have a look, or... um, so I kind of think it's okay, you know, but I was like, I was doing a lot last spring over the first bit of lockdown. And by the time I got to autumn, like I was out of juice. I was like, oh God, I don't want to draw. <laughs> I can't draw anymore. But now I feel like I'm getting the balance a lot more. And like, you know, and you're right, ultimately it's, it's time you you want to get a return on your investment in your time if you're promoting yourself and your business, don't you? And it's like you can't spend hours and hours just making stuff. It's not viable. Exactly. It's not viable and it's it's not healthy either. And it's a bit soul-destroying. I think people sometimes forget that actually when you're creating content whether you're writing or photos or drawings or whatever you have to like be quite vulnerable to put to put stuff that you've made out there and because we're so used to doing it we forget that actually you know you're kind of having to be quite vulnerable constantly and saying here's another thing I did or here's something that I think and you know we're doing a really good job I think all of us really um it's it's much easier not to do that. There, there, I think I do believe that there is an emotional price to pay every time you're putting something of yourself out there. I mean, I always say that when I write something, I have no emotional connection to it because I was taught not to. That said, I wouldn't want someone sitting there and reading my journal. But when you're drawing, you've got that same thing. You're like you've got to detach yourself from it. But when it's your own and your thing, there is an emotional tie to it and there's an energy tie to it as well that's interesting yeah I I kind yeah I I agree with that and I've got a slight so what I would say and again I guess I'd use it as advice like so when I put like drawings out there because on a wider level I believe that um creative work is creative work right and if people like it or don't like it that's subjective like everyone has a different view and some people say something's amazing and some people say that's a pile of crap Um, but it's so subjective that I find that really helpful that helps me feel a bit braver if I'm feeling a little bit like sort of oh god you know there there wasn't many likes for that one if I'm starting to feel like that I just remind myself that art is subjective. So actually the liking or the not liking of it it is not hugely important. Whilst it feels good to you, if if you feel strongly enough about what you're putting out there and you feel that you've done yourself a good service, the liking and the disliking and all of this around it – is is very subjective so that kind of helps me kind of like not get too kind of 
worried if I think people don't enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just go, I'm trying, I'm trying to communicate and this is how I'm doing it. Um, but it can be, yeah, you're right. It can be quite taxing sometimes because like, I'm not very good at not attaching myself to it. My personality goes into it. I feel strongly about it. So it is, it is, you are kind of emotionally involved, even if you're kind of quite well thick skinned about it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you are. Because you put a bit of yourself in there as well. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? People don't really talk about it, do they? They just go, make some content, put it out there. It's like, well, <laughs> it's like a, you know, we're not robots. Awesome. But Amy, I don't want to take up too much of your time because you've already given me an hour and I totally appreciate it. I think uh, that is I'm one so of... sorry, I've spoken so much. No, that's good. That's what's meant to happen. Um, I've really enjoyed <laughs> like the stuff that's come out of this, I wasn't expecting, and it's been amazing, absolutely amazing to listen oh, thank to you. your insights on it. Thank you. We need to chat more often. Oh, we do, definitely. Well, you know where I am, and you know that I love talking about it (laughs) I just want to give a huge thank you to Amy for sharing quite a bit of her time you know having this conversation with me it went to places I didn't expect it to go and it's really great to have Amy on and really talk about a bit of content that I think quite a lot of us myself included just add on as an afterthought and really we should be giving it more time and attention so If you do want to get the actually useful podcast show notes where you can put some of the tips that Amy has given to us into practice, goodness knows, that I will be doing and have been since I interviewed her, then you can do that. Um, If you're on the website listening to this, it's on the actual podcast episode page. If you're not on the website and you're listening to this on your phone or you're on the move, it's in the show notes, links in the show notes, or just go sign up to the newsletter because I send them out absolutely every single week if you're listening to this after the fact like you you listen to it a few months down the line and it is not july for you right now um i hope it's still sunny where you you are but um just go have a look at the um podcast episode on my website go click on that link and there'll be a box there where you can sign up and download this episode specific podcast notes and start putting them into action And I will see you next week. Have a great week.